Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Whether you're thinking of divorcing your narcissistic spouse, right in the middle of it, or have finalized your divorce, the tactics are the same. If this sounds like you, you need to know about Christine Hammond's new masterclass series, How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist. In this four-hour video series, Christine Hammond introduces the toxic tactics that narcissists use to abuse, humiliate, and manipulate you, and teaches you exactly how to recognize these tactics and navigate through them with mastery and confidence. How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist is a deep dive, a masterclass that'll show you how narcissists use tactics like bait and switch, scare tactics, roller coaster ride, and child's play. It's How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist, a four-hour recorded video masterclass with Christine Hammond. For more information or to purchase today, just go to growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. That's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This masterclass will change your life. Again, that's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist. Brought to you in part by psychcentral.com. And now here's your host, Christine Hammond. I really do appreciate the comments that I get from all of you when you listen to my podcast. And so this podcast is for someone out there who really wanted to know how to deal with narcissistic grandparents. And so I wanted to talk about that today because I think it's very important. Narcissism doesn't just happen like while you're married or when you're younger it or with a boss. It also, you can see it in the elderly as well too. And if you have family members who are narcissistic, this can be very frustrating. So I wanted to go over this with you and talk a little bit about it. So let's talk about... Um, Susie. So at a family gathering, Susie's two-year-old son was happily running around until her mother-in-law pulled out her cane and actually tripped him. Susie looked on in horror as the grandmother laughed while her son cried from the fall. Then the grandmother yelled at the boy for crying, calling him a crybaby. Susie swept up her son and took him away. Now, I just want to make sure we know the son was not injured in this. He was a two-year-old. He fell. This happens a lot to two-year-olds. But she literally saw her mother-in-law put the cane out um, and trip their son. Later, her husband had asked what happened. Apparently, his mother reported that Susie was being overprotective of their son. She was coddling him and even gave the mother an evil eye for absolutely no reason or so she said. 
Susie's husband listened to a 10-minute rant from his mother about the multiple faults of Susie before he finally broke away. When Susie explained what really happened, her husband decided that it was time to act. Now, fortunately, her husband knew that his mom was narcissistic, so this was not a far stretch from him, and he had, as a child, experienced several instances of this himself, so he was quite familiar with her patterns and his ways. It didn't take any amount of time to convince him that what his mother had done um, actually occurred. So as a child, Susie's husband endured many emotional, mental, and sometimes even physical abuse from his narcissistic mother. He spent many years in therapy and thought that due to her age and deteriorating physical condition, she's not going to be a threat to his son, likely. But he was wrong. The tripping of his son followed by the laughter and and belittlement was all too familiar to him. This was not a pattern he wanted to pass down to another generation. So Susie and her husband decided on new boundaries to keep his mother from repeating her abusive patterns with their children. Here's what they decided. Number one, think before speaking. Before visiting or speaking to a narcissist, remember that they are narcissistic. That might sound overly simple, but like it is a thing that you have to remind yourself It might be helpful to review some of their glaring characteristics so expectations can be more appropriately set. Once you know a person is a lion, you should not expect them to act like a lamb. Susie and her husband prepared their son by telling him that it is not okay for anyone to try to hurt him, even if it is a grandparent. And when he is hurt, it is absolutely okay to cry. So they decided to think before speaking by remembering that his mom was narcissistic and the boundary that they set as a result is this. I'm going to set reasonable expectations, not only for themselves, but also for their son. Number two, remember, it's all about the narcissist. It helps to have an expectation that the conversation will turn towards the narcissist. Because the grandmother felt like the two-year-old was getting all of the attention, she created an unnecessary drama designed to monopolize her son's time. Expect that the narcissist will find a way to make things about them, especially when they feel ignored. So the number two is, remember, it is truly all about them. And so they set a new boundary going forward. I'm going to be judicious in giving attention. So they're just going to be a little bit more careful about when and how they show attention. Number three, refuse to be treated like a child. A typical tactic of narcissists is to overwhelm elders into a state of heightened anxiety so they are less able to think straight. Susie's husband fell into this trap easily as his mother groomed him through intense interrogation as a child. This is about power and control for the narcissist. As soon as the narcissist begins, the adult should slow down their breathing. Then answer the question they wish the narcissist asked instead of the one that was asked and immediately follow it with a compliment. This arms and distracts most narcissists. So one of the things that Susie's husband had to do was to refuse to be treated like a child. That's number three. His new boundary is... I'm going to be treated like a peer. 
Number four, reject verbal assaults. Another typical narcissistic tactic is to verbally assault anyone they believe is a threat. In this case, the grandmother felt like the two-year-old was a threat to getting more attention, so she aggressively attacked him for crying. Then she saw Susie as a threat and verbally assaulted Susie to her husband. If Susie became defensive, the narcissist wins. Rather, Susie ignored the comments the grandmother made about her and refused to give it any weight. This unnerved the grandmother who was looking forward to an attack so she could play the victim. By doing this, Susie did not act like the narcissist. So number four is reject verbal assaults. Your boundary for this is I'm not going to act like a narcissist. You don't have to become one in order to deal with them. Number five, be free of victimization. Because Susie did not act inappropriately, the grandmother sought another target. Susie and her husband watched as the grandmother stirred up yet another drama, became the victim, and then guilt-tripped her target into submission. Their woe-is-me routine is custom customized to match the weakness and vulnerability of everyone. It is generally effective, or the narcissist would stop this behavior. It helps when the behavior is viewed like that of a two-year-old temper tantrum. The more positive or negative attention that the two-year-old receives, the more performance is repeated. The key here is for negative behavior to be ignored. Just like a two-year-old, it will take several attempts before the new reality sets in and is not repeated. So the fifth point that I'm going to make is be free of victimization. So Susie did not engage in it. She did not act in it. And then the grandmother moved on to a different target. So her boundary was, I'm not going to cave into manipulation. So here are the boundaries, again, when dealing with a narcissistic grandparent. I'm going to set reasonable expectations. I'm going to be judicious in giving attention. I'm going to be treated like a peer. I'm not going to act like a narcissist. And I'm not going to cave into manipulation. After a period of time, these new boundaries became habits for Susie's family. They didn't want to eliminate contact with the grandmother because the grandfather, by default, would be punished as well. Rather, they set firm boundaries and openly discussed the narcissism between them so the attacks had little to no effect. And this was how they were able to handle the narcissistic grandmother. They did cut down on the amount of time that they spent with her, but they reminded themselves of these boundaries that they set a long time and, and reviewed them periodically before they would go see her. This kept them from falling into the guilt trips and the traps and the manipulations and the, and the deception. And it also bound Susie and her husband up very tightly together. It was a good thing for them to do, not only for their family and their son, but also for their marriage. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. For more information, visit GrowWithChristine.com. Produced. 
produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.